All right, welcome to episode three of Say Your Story. I'm Dean Stevens. Good to have you with us. And once again, Bullets Benign, local Charleston band. You can check them out on Reverb Nation. Also, they've got a Facebook page. Uh, take a look at them. They're awesome. This one, this episode is personal. It is a story that captivated a community and beyond. It is a story that directly impacted our family. It's a story of a miracle. October 3rd, 2005, our youngest son, Sam, was 11 months old. It was a Monday afternoon. The school bus had dropped off a busload of kids from the elementary school right at our front yard. Our corner, by the way, was the bus stop. Kids spent time playing in our yard. Parents came by to pick up their kids. Caroline, Jack, who was eight, Charlie, who was three, they were all there. Sam, he was crawling on our driveway when he was hit by a car driven by one of those parents. The right front car tire came to rest on top of Sam's head. Sam was rushed to a nearby urgent care center, soon after was taken by ambulance to MUSC's Children's Hospital. His, his injuries were extensive, multiple facial fractures, a traumatic brain injury. He was not expected to survive, but he did. I remember asking one of his intensivists if Sam was as close to a miracle as he had ever seen, and Dr. Joel Cochran said, no, Sam is a miracle. There's no telling how many people prayed for Sam and for our family in the days and weeks, the months and years that followed. But what we did learn quite quickly was all about the power of prayer. Sam underwent one major surgery during those first 19 days at the hospital. He's had several follow-ups over the past 16 years. There's been two separate strabismus procedures, two tear duct reconstruction surgeries, two surgeries to correct a spinal fluid leak in his frontal lobe. Now, you may have heard or read that Sam is doing great, and he is, but there have been obstacles, roadblocks, mountains to climb, days of frustrations and disappointment, but he has overcome every single one of them. He has done it with the resiliency and fortitude and positivity rarely seen from someone his age. Two and a half years ago, Sam started experiencing double vision 24-7, several visits to his eye doctor, and they've not been able to correct it as we continue to look for answers. To this day, to this day, there are complete strangers who walk up to me and ask, how's Sam? Well, we'll let him tell you on this episode of Say Your Story. And as promised, here he is, Sam. How do you feel about sitting here sharing your story? I think it'll be pretty interesting. Nervous? I mean, there's not much to be nervous about, I don't think. Uncomfortable? No. Weird to be answering questions from your father? No. No. Okay. This is going to be as honest as you've ever been as a 17-year-old? I mean, I'm going to try to. <laughs> I mean, there's only so much I'm going to be able to answer. That's awesome. All right, so before we get to the tough questions, let's do uh, some rapid-fire questions. Here we go. Where do you stand on LeBron and MJ? I I have thought this way since ever since the last dance came out. I I think it's MJ. How do you feel about Yankee fans? I mean, as an Astros fan, I feel like that's already pretty telling of how I feel. <laughs> you know, we don't we don't talk about it much. There's only mm -hmm. one we truly accept. Yes, indeed. What's it like being a 17 year old in this day and age? It can go one of two ways. You're either which are either to yourself or out there. I guess for what does that mean? Simple. I don't know. I mean, I feel like 17-year-olds are like attention. But I mean, not in a bad way. 
Right. I mean, I mean, everyone likes attention. Social media, good or bad? Its negative effects have definitely shown itself as as it's been developed more and more. In what way? It develops the fear of missing out for kids. It can. It makes you feel like you have to fit the specific kind of characterization that you may see other kids having. Or yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Runs into trouble, but there are good sides of it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, say your story. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I, f- I feel the same way. I think a lot of your kids feel that way? A lot of your friends or kids your age? Yeah. Uh, it's probably more masked than people would think. I mean, kids would probably, like, be you know, hanging out in the courtyard, eating lunch or whatever. And it may not seem like that, but... It, it's definitely in there somewhere. Go to a deserted island. You can only bring one one band with you. Who are you bringing? Probably Dave Matthews. I mean, yeah. They're always consistent. It may not be like the top every single day or like like the phases of music that I'll go through. Like It may not be the top every time, but like I always find myself going back to it. It is go-to, isn't it? it it's definitely a go-to. October 3rd, 2005, what does it mean to you? It has a lot of meanings. It was most definitely a day of tragedy but it had so many off-putting effects that affected me of course and our family opening up opportunities and friends near and wide that are just had many effects I mean the list goes on I always like to say that Sam is fine but we've all changed it all kind of changed us even like and the statement that I didn't really, it changed me, of course, but I, I didn't realize it. I've definitely seen how it has changed people just by talking. How has it changed you, do you think? I mean, just by like, I mean, you can just look at it like first glance physically, of course, like, you know, double vision or like scars or, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then, I mean, I feel like it's made me a more, I guess, a more mature person and the experiences that I've gone through of its long lasting effects. Talk about those experiences. 2017 when I had the spinal fluid leak. I I hadn't thought much of it in the beginning. Uh but obviously as we kept going through, we figured out it was a pretty big deal, so you know, got the surgery and no troubles first go around, come back home, no worries, second go around, had to go back. Um, it was definitely a more painful experience to say the least. And coming back, I just had to kind of endure and try and regain, I guess that sort of like confidence, I guess, for lack of better word to just like kind of get back out and try and recover from that. Yeah. That was 2017, right? Seventh grade, Mm. seventh grade. And I mean, best, there's no best part about recovering from the hospital because, you know, it's never no fun, but Obviously, coming back, first day back, I could barely make it to the car, get back to the house. I mean, well, I passed out as soon as I got into bed and then woke up in, what, game six? Game seven of the World Series? Yeah. 2017, and then it was a pretty good end of the night considering how the day started. You got a cool text during that experience, didn't you? Yeah, it was a pretty interesting one. I wasn't expecting it, to say the least. Dallas Keuchel, the beard for the Astros at the time, of course. Um, That was... It was, it was a good, it was a lengthy paragraph to say the least. I yeah. mean, it was, that was really cool. I think I was still in the hospital at that time. So mm-hmm. it was definitely 
it definitely brought my spirits up. I no question. So you talk about other experiences, right? So three years ago, this July, you wake up one morning seeing double vision and it's never gone away. And people will say, what do you mean? It's never gone away. Uh, it's, it's just there. I mean, it, cause I mean, it'll just sprout into conversation, even with like some friends at school. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, I woke up, it was there. And you know, I just, I'm just seeing two all the time. Like, what do you mean? You see two? It's like, yeah, I'll say hi to you, but I'm saying hi to two people. You're just, it's just there. And I may not notice it all the time. It's most definitely gotten better as I've gone along. And that's like, that's that maturing. I most definitely, uh, in the beginning of that, the three years ago, I, um, it was definitely difficult to kind of deal with and just hoping and hoping that it would, we would find something, haven't really found anything. And I found myself kind of living with it and just kind of pushing it to the side. And so that was, that's definitely a part of that. Accepting it. What's the most aggravating part of that? Like in the early stages when I was trying to deal with it, the trying to get rid of it. Of course, like you're always going to want to get rid of something that you don't want, but the accept, the trying to accept it is extremely difficult when, you know, like math class and maybe bothering you, you're trying to read a book and it's just like, it's there and you're having a hard time kind of pushing it to the side and focus on whatever it may be, or just doing something as simple as just, you know, hanging out with friends or talking with family and it's just there and you, it's just at the forefront of your brain all the time. And so that was definitely the most difficult at the time, trying to just accept it. But I've definitely found myself doing a better job at that for sure. The idea and the thought of people that still come up to us today and say, how's Sam? 17 years later. That always catches me off guard. Not that I'm not expecting it anymore, because, I mean, we've been in public where people are just, you know, oh, my God, it's it's Dean, it's Dean. But <laughs> You're having, killing me right now. <laughs> but having having people that it's like, oh, they'll come up to you and talk to you, and then it's like, oh, my God, like, like how is he doing it? I, it's crazy to think, like why, is, like, why is that at the front of your mind? But it's like because people were, like, even in the community, like, they didn't even know us. Like, they were so impacted by that. That is always just, like, that's crazy to me. I mean, that's like the definition of community. We had gone back recently and listened. Uh, the Monday after the accident, our church held a prayer service. I walked out of the hospital, stepped into the parking lot, and looked up. And there was in the sky the most glorious rainbow I've seen. Led by our pastor at the time, Gary Bullard, um, you had never listened to it before. We listened to it, I don't know, maybe four or five months ago. What was that like watching it? I had, I had never seen something like that involving our situation. There's a difference when you hear stories and, you know, crazy stories about the situation. And, oh, we were we were doing this for y'all. I was taking care of Jack and Charles, doing this, taking care of the dogs, all that kind of stuff. You know, stories are crazy, but when you have tape, you have a disc, and you go back and watch something where the church is filled to the top. I mean, there's not a seat in the house. And, you know, you listen to this, what, 30 minutes, however long it may have been. An hour. An hour, even, yeah, double that. And you go back and you watch it and you listen. And like taking it in for the first time, that was that was a different feeling from hearing stories because you can feel that. That's like a real feeling like you're there. And every person begins to Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's like 
dang, that's that's a crazy story, but it's it's me. It's wild to think about. Looking at pictures from back in the hospital bother you? Not as much as it probably used to because, again, that's that accepting. Like, okay, yeah, it happened, and it's, you know, it's impacted us in one, two, three ways, and that's just, like, of course, like, the unfortunate part of it, but, you know, it's, it's almost... I, it's a weird word to use, but it's almost interesting to just go and look at. But you talk about the different ways that it impacted us. I mean, you talk about, I mean, how how it impacted your mom professionally. She never was in healthcare. She, you know, and it was after we had so much support while you were in the hospital. You were never alone in the ICU. There were babies who were alone, and that prompted her to go volunteer at the hospital, hold babies, and that step one, step two, step three, step four, and now she's leading a department of patient and family center care at the hospital. And to me, um, that's the kind of stuff that blows me away today. Does it blow me away to watch you play sports? Is it, yes, all of that. I don't expect any different from you because you are that kid that's going to climb the mountain. I can't tell everybody what I tell you about what kind of kid I think you are, right? I just say you're the toughest blankety blank that I've ever met. And it's true. But when you look on the other side and see the impact that it had and where it led your mom and all the lives that she's now impacted all because of this one deal commencement speech. And now I'm very excited to have the honor of introducing today's commencement speaker, one of our own MUC family members, members, Miss Caroline DeLongshaw. Caroline. Good morning. I am bed 10. I am bed 10's mom or just simply mom. These are a few of the ways in which I was first identified when my son became a patient here at MUSC. Yeah, that was the same feeling as the uh, church desk. Or, yeah, same kind of same deal. Absolutely. Let me introduce myself again. I was in bed 10 with Sam in the pediatric ICU in that building. My name is Caroline. And allow me to introduce myself. I'm Sam. So we also shared this story about Philippians 4, 6 through 9. I did that, I think, on my initial trailer where um, a co-worker of Caroline's, a friend of ours, Greg Banks, who, by the way, we saw but last night out to dinner with, with his awesome family. Uh, but he had stayed and, and, and was praying that night, the night of the accident, and was holding vigil for you. Um, and then he left a little passage of Philippians 4, um, 6 up on up the whiteboard. And then that passage kept coming back over and over, just random places by random people. And I'm going to read it because it deserves and needs to be read. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You think about that. And when you do, what do you think about? First thing that comes to mind is family and trust. And just trust that, you know, family around you, community around you, whoever it may be, strangers around you that'll have your back or that you yourself, as, as long as you just stay faithful, stay true to whatever it is it may be that like it'll get done or you're going to get through whatever may, tough times it may be. Talk a little bit about um, your mom setting up the advisory councils and you being part of that youth advisory council. Explain to everybody what that's about. It's a council full of teenagers who may have chronic illnesses or any kind of thing that has um, 
put them into the hospital and we gather there we try to every first thursday of every month and talk about maybe issues or kind of things that we can do to help patients or families uh just to feel more comfortable or maybe like projects around like when the new hospital is being built we were helping out with uh, the art around the hospital to, to kind of make kids just feel comfortable uh stuff like that just to kind of help around and it's on that right back to it is that's that's a whole different community that's built i've seen kids in these meetings where they've been going through things that no kid should have to go through like no matter what age and when i see kids like that like there's one obviously no reason that someone anybody should have to go through that and then how fast they have had to have grown up it's crazy to see how how they've handled it and you know maybe the ups and downs they've gone through or how they are doing now it's one of the more remarkable things i've seen how have you been able to rebound from the surgeries and from the double vision from this trauma family i mean that's been number one for me since day one going through each day and maybe one day was you know really good double vision you know it was probably there but it may not have affected me as much as it did maybe yesterday or two days later like in my back-to-back days really really good and then you know like one day might be really bad like i mean like go outside like trying to distract myself or just like take a nap or something like that so day in and day out family was the number one thing that had gotten me through each day for sure the constant absolutely ever want to quit uh no i mean i mean for like the situation it's like it's a big word but yeah never wanted to quit just wanted to get through gotcha is there one particular story about this accident that stands out to you philippians is obviously the first one that comes to mind i loved when when it first happened you know we weren't out of the clear yet or whatever um mom had gone by the bedside and she was just kind of sitting there and i believe it was the bedside nurse she had taken her like she had taken her hand and she had told mom that it wasn't the bedside nurse that she that i needed at the time it was mom i needed mom to you know be there i needed to hear her and that that one always stands out to me because it was like that's like the one that she remembers and that's like what she used as like her motivation to go into her job from there like she was obviously like super scared to like you know look at me because it wasn't i mean it wasn't pretty and so she had given her the courage to just kind of walk up to the bedside and just be there as she was taking care of a critically ill dying patient with one hand she was both literally and figuratively holding me up with the other lisa is one of the most powerful humans I have ever met. That's definitely like always important, just being there, even if you can't do anything. It's just the presence. All right, one or two questions more. First one, do you feel as though you have a responsibility or a path of almost giving back to what a community gave to you? Oh, sure. I mean, having that awareness that I did, like that day did have an impact on an incredible amount of people absolutely that like you know i definitely have like so-called like debts to pay and just awareness to make and 
help out in any possible way I can. That's most definitely like aware in my brain for sure. The last thing I would ask you is this for all those people who prayed for you, for all those people who continue to ask about you, for the guy who came up to us outside of a restaurant when you were a baby and said, can I hold Sam? I've never held a miracle before guy. We never knew. Is there something you want to say to those people? There's not enough that could be said. People coming in day and day, day and day night and having that faith, having support, not only for me, but for you guys as my family, that went a tremendous way down the road to, I mean, helping me, helping y'all. And there's not enough that I could say to thank them and those kind of people that still are, I'm somewhere in their mind today. I think it's the way that you, that I know and that your family and your close friends and your coaches know how you go about living your life, which is, could be the greatest thanks of all. Just say yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> thanks for saying your story, Sam. I love you very much. Love you too. A huge part of Sam's story, the doctors, the nurses, the techs who have been a part of this journey from MUSC's Children's Hospital. They are the best, will always remain a part of our family. And for all of you who have prayed for Sam and for Caroline, for my family, we thank you. Being able to share his story is an honor. It's a privilege. And we thank you for clicking in to say your story. May your days be filled with peace. Your nights be filled with quiet. May your iTunes be filled with bullets benign. Finding my way back to you. Hey.